this morning, right? But God's at work, amen? amen. It is so good to be back with you. Uh, shout out to all the men that went on the men's retreat last week. Uh, it was fantastic. And a shout out for the pancake breakfast. And I heard there were sausage balls here. We didn't get those last time. We're going to have to upgrade next time. But it is so good to be with you in the house of the Lord. And thank you for all of you joining us online as well. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. You know, whether you are a skeptic, a seeker, or a sojourner with Jesus Christ, I believe that God has something for each and every one of us today. And God wants to meet with us and speak to us. And so I am so grateful for the opportunity to do that again today. And we're journeying through this series as we've worked our way toward Good Friday, that day in which Jesus laid down his life. Wounds that heal has been our, our, our prevailing theme. And we've looked at things like rejection, like shame, like disappointment that Pastor Ann unpacked last week. Recognizing that those are things that we all have experienced, right? If we're honest, if we're real. But those are also things that Jesus connects with and that Jesus can heal in us. And so today we're going we're gonna to unpack yet another one of those. And to do that, though, we're going to open up with another testimony. And y'all have heard a couple of them already here. And you're going to hear another one today that is going to challenge you and point toward the hope of what God is at work at doing and unlike the other ones, we're not going to stream this one. For those of you at home, we're going to invite you to just take a time of prayer as this individual comes and shares personally for the first time today. This is the first time that they have boldly shared publicly their journey from hurt to healing. And How many in this room have bought into the lie that you're a bad person or bought into the lie that you're not worthy, or you're not worthy of someone else's love. How many of us have bought into the lie that if somebody really knew us, the real us, they would abandon us? You see, what Christy shared today is just a testimony to what I think a lot of us perhaps have experienced. Where we've become captive to the lies become captive to falsehoods about who we are, where our identity is found, and the deep desire that God has to heal us and to restore us. And so praise be to God for the testimony today. Christy was wondering what I might say about her. I didn't say this in the early hour, but you know, I talked about Sylvia, you know, oozing joy and, and Matt, if you met Matt, he vomits joy. <laughs> this is a resilient woman. This is a resilient daughter of the Most High. You know, there was a sermon that we preached in here early on in the year about Chase a Lion. Going down in the pit. I mean, who goes into the pit to chase a lion on a snowy day? She just slayed a lion today. Praise be to God for being able to speak and to be able to be set free and hopefully set many of us free today. I want to share with you one passage of Scripture and just three notes on it today, just to kind of put a wrap on this idea, because today's about captivity. Today is about being held captive, because too many of us are being held captive by the lies. Others have told about us, lies we tell about ourselves. So let me read for us out of Hebrews 
the book of Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in the 10th verse. And I'm going to invite you to stand. Out of the hearing and honor of God's word, would you just stand with me? Stretch your legs too. Hear God's word. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children of God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all can be seated. Let me give you just three brief observations, and these are worth writing down. The first is this. God is not ashamed of us. God is not ashamed of you. God is not ashamed of me. So often we buy in the lie that there is shame and that God would not want us in his presence. But the truth of the matter is we are of sacred worth to God. Christ on the cross is proof of that. And in the opening of this verse, these verses we read, we read these. I want to read and read them for us. Verse 10 and 11. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. And then this. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Jesus is not ashamed. When you walk in the light of Christ, when you look upon the cross of Christ and what Christ has done for you, as we have heard already testified today, there is no shame. Jesus is not ashamed of you. So if you're questioning your worth today, I pray that you've heard through the testimony and through this God's word that God's not ashamed of you. God loves you. He'll give his life for you. In fact, he already has. The second observation of this is that we have nothing to fear. We have absolutely nothing to fear. You know, I think that's one of the things that holds us back so often is the fear of what others might think the fear of what others might do if they knew the real us. And so we become captive. We become shackled by fear, don't we? We hold up, we shut up, we shove it down, and we deny the reality of what's happened to us, what's going on with us, what we struggle with. And that fear often holds us more captive than the reality itself. And here's the deal is that none of that, fear is no match for the cross of Christ. Fear is no match for the passion that God has for you and me. Christ's death defeats the power of death and the bondage of fear. 
Ever since Adam and Eve gave in to the temptation to be like God rather than be with God, we've been wrestling with sin in this world. The sin that's around us, the sin that's within us. And I don't know about you, but I think we all can testify that we've all felt the effects of sin in our lives and have been imposed on us in this world because our wounds are proof of that, right? We all walk around with scars and wounds. In fact, some of y'all have heard me say before, hurt people hurt people. Is that right? Hurt people hurt people. And that's one of the side effects of unresolved wounds is that we intentionally and in some ways unintentionally continue to hurt others. If you want to stop that cycle, lean in to what Christ can do for you. You have nothing to fear. You know, coping mechanisms, they're a powerful thing in our lives, but they also can isolate us further. And any of you that have experienced that know that. And sometimes that comes in the form of addictions. And we've heard a couple of those testified to over the few weeks that we've been together in this series. And y'all may think about alcoholism and drugs, but I'm also talking about perfectionism, people-pleasing-ism, dependence-ism, control-ism. What's your ism, folks? All of us perhaps have one, and you recognize that in using those coping mechanisms, we end up pushing people away. We end up isolating ourselves from others. And further still, our sins end up wounding us, and they mortally wound us. Paul wrote this. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Jesus himself even wrote, or said, and is captured in John's Gospel, Now, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free indeed. This is exactly what Christ did coming to us. This is what we find in this writing in the book of Hebrews, verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death we might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil And free those who all their lives were held in the slavery by the fear of death. You see, I think many of us don't necessarily fear physical death as much as we fear what we experience. And that's the death of relationships. That's what ultimately happened in the garden. was the death of a relationship between us and God. And ultimately a death between us and others as we see between Adam and Eve. And that's what can take us so captive. Is that fear. Jesus trampled the fear that Satan wants to sow in our hearts. You see, God's not ashamed of us, and we have nothing to fear. Let me give you a third observation. We can overcome. Say that with me. We can overcome. Christy, you're on that path. Praise be to God today to overcome. You see, this is what Christ came, is, is, is to show us that we shall not be overcome, but that we can overcome. The last verse we read, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You see, I think the risk we find is that we may feel that we've been taken captive by the lie that things can never change in our lives. Any of y'all bought into that lie? I've bought into that before. And you can become captive to that. You can become hostage to your thoughts. You'll never be able to overcome nor overcome the habits that you form to cope with your fears and your hurts. And if that's you, I want you to think again. Because Christ, upon the cross, 
came to shatter that, that we can overcome. A devotion that I came across this morning, early in the morning, had Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It is for freedom. It is for freedom. And we have a choice whether we want to walk in that light of his love and his grace or not. I love the way that Paul puts it in church to the church in Rome. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will you not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Is it not God who justifies? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, this is what Christ calls us to. He wants to set us free. What we heard today was a testimony of taking that next step of faith toward that freedom. A next step toward those chains no longer holding you. So I just simply want to ask you today, are you living into the lies are you living into to what others have to say about you? Are you living into the lie that you could not share, you could not bring to the light what's happened in your own life? Because if that's you, I want you to hear the testimony today of a brave soul. Someone that willingly says they're a mess. I resemble that remark. But I also resemble that remark that I'm God's mess. And in the words of Paul in Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He who began a good work in you, that's what we're seeing right here. It's on that journey. Do you want that, church? There's freedom today. His name is Jesus. He shed his blood for you and for me and for all of humanity. He doesn't want us to be held captive to the lies. He wants us to walk in the light of his love and his grace and his mercy. God's not ashamed of you. There's nothing to fear. And we can indeed overcome. But not in our own doing and not in our own strength. But in his. Come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus today. He's here. He wants to speak to you. In fact, I have a feeling he already has. Amen? Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, I thank you for the boldness of yet one of yours willing to share part of her story, a story that's still being written today, a story that testifies to how being held captive to the hurt and to the lies and yet bold enough, empowered by the Holy Spirit to come and, and bring that to the light and love of your son, Jesus Christ, today. God, I pray that she would inspire others. God, that they too would be emboldened to speak up, to speak out, to seek the help that they need. Praise God for counselors. 
that have come alongside so many, including this one of your own today. Lord, thank you for the way that you bring others to be mat carriers around us. And ultimately, thank you for your son Jesus and what he did on the cross for each and every one of us. And through defeating even death and the power of sin and the shame and the lies that Satan would have us buy into, that we can walk in a newfound freedom today. So God, I pray that if there are others here that are experiencing an oppression, those that might be experiencing a sense of bondage, God, that you would begin to break loose those chains. God, open us up to a renewed indwelling of your power and of your presence in our lives through your Holy Spirit. Remind us, draw us ever closer to you and into your light where there is no darkness, there is no condemnation. There is love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. Lord, I ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.